Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Ever snore so loud it registered as an earthquake or you woke up with a throat as dry as the Sahara Desert and a headache that could stop a locomotive? Well, I've had all of these because I have sleep apnea. Hi, I'm Scott Mitchell. Yep, I wear a machine plugged into a wall attached to a hose every night. Sound Sleep Medical changed all of this for me, and they can do that for you. They specialize in providing oral appliance therapy for individuals suffering from sleep disorders. In many cases, oral appliances have proven to be as effective as CPAP machines in treating sleep apnea. The lack of sleep is a serious health risk and has been linked to heart disease, stroke, diabetes, and even depression. The oral appliance I got from Sound Sleep Medical has freed me from a hose. I can go anywhere, and I've never slept better. Call Sound Sleep Medical today. Seriously, for a limited time, the first 25 people that call get a free consultation worth 200 bucks. Call 801-783-5451. It's 801-783-5451. Hello, I'm Jim Bennett. I'm Abby Bennett. And this is Dinner Table Politics, and we have to talk about something that I think is kind of uncomfortable, but Donald Trump has stolen our travel itinerary, Abby. What? Donald Trump is going to all of the same places that we went to last year in our trip to Europe. He started in London, he's gone to Normandy, I don't know if he's gone to the Louvre yet, but he's going to every place else, so I'm thinking that's probably on the agenda. Oh, that can't be a coincidence. It can't be a coincidence. I think that if he goes to the Serial Killer Cafe in London, then we'll know for sure that he's copying us. Did we go to the Serial Killer Cafe? I did. You did? Yeah. It's at Camden Market. Don't listen to this, Donald. Oh, the Serial Killer, like where they serve cereals. Yeah. Like breakfast cereals. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Serial Killer themed. Is it serial killer themed? I thought it was just all the different breakfast cereals. Well, like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it has like pictures of Hannibal Lecter made out of Cheerios on the wall and stuff. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, let's go back. Not when Donald Trump is there. Oh, that's true. Well, so Donald Trump is getting mixed reviews for his trip. He's getting rather negative reviews for his visit with the Queen. Why? Well, largely because of what he was wearing. He had this weird little waistcoat. Was it a t-shirt that said, I hate the queen? Yes. Because then that would make sense. That would make sense. No, he wasn't wearing a t-shirt that says, I hate the queen. But he was wearing this short waistcoat that showed a lot of white underneath. And it looked kind of silly. It's been used for a whole bunch of memes with Donald Trump with a Burger King King crown on and all kinds of stuff like that. Who? That's the least of our problems. That is the least of our problems. He's getting good reviews for his speech... On the Normandy Beach, where we also went. Okay. What did he say? he gave a great D-Day speech, which is the 75th anniversary of D-Day. And, of course, he had nothing to do with it, I'm sure. It was written for him. Yeah. And it's always funny to hear Donald Trump give a, a speech that's read by somebody who uses more than one syllable per word. 
And, you know, when Alec Baldwin does the Trump impression, he says that the way he thinks of it is that he thinks of Donald Trump as somebody who's always searching for the perfect word and never finds it. You know, it's just fantastic. It's, it's, it's fantastic. It, you know, yeah. he, he has a vocabulary of a third grader. And so when he gives a speech and it actually sounds like something that an adult would say, it's a little bit striking. But this is probably one of the last D-Days where we're going to have D-Day survivors who are going to be there. Yeah. We had a D-Day survivor there that was 97 years old. I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to do that. But his his trip to Europe has been, you know, it's gotten mixed reviews. One of the things that was interesting is that clearly the Queen didn't seem to be all that enamored with Donald Trump. He's... Um... Uh, I don't know. Well, the cons- I don't know. The consensus seems to be that her favorite president was Ronald Reagan. Why? Because both of them like to ride horses. Reagan, that's all it takes. That's to all get it in takes. Good favor with the queen. They, they went riding together. Someone should have told Princess Diana. What? Well, she, did she like? I think Princess Diana liked riding horses. Well, it was did, a joke because the queen. They, they didn't like each hated other. Hated Princess Diana. That's true. I don't know if horses would have made all the difference. And I don't know that Ronald Reagan was trying to marry her son or any of that kind of stuff. So that's a stupid thing to say. That'd be an interesting... That'd be an interesting thing to do. All right. But the least favorite I thought was kind of surprising. Although having seen The Crown, you see this dramatized in The Crown. So that gives you a hint of the time frame. I don't watch The Crown, so... You don't watch The Crown? No. I watched the first episode and it was so boring. You need to go back and watch The Crown. Nah, I'm not gonna. So the Kennedys... Went and paid a state visit. She didn't like JFK? She didn't like Jackie Kennedy. Why? Jackie Kennedy called Buckingham Palace second rate. What? Why'd she call... What? Jackie Kennedy dissed Buckingham Palace. And there was a certain amount of competition because Jackie Kennedy was this young, attractive first lady. Whereas at the time, the queen was this new, young, attractive female leader of the country. Or at least head of state of the country. And so there was a sense of competition, That's and so dumb. so they didn't they didn't like each other all that much. That's but, so stupid. Like, I, I guess you never think about like, of course, there's like pettiness and gossip and that stuff, but like that high of a level. But I don't well, know. Sometimes you just like expect more from people. I don't know. You expect more from your queen, don't you? Not my queen. Do you have a queen? Um, I don't know. Beyonce, maybe. Uh, well, that's such a that's such a basic answer. She's the queen bee. She's everybody's queen. Yeah. Yes, I understand that. Well, so that gives us an update on what Donald Trump has been doing, and I thought that might be a good prelude for an update on everybody who is running for president. Can you tell me everybody who is running for president? Um, that old white guy, that other old white guy, that white guy, and then like Elizabeth Warren and. Uh, Harris, what's her first name? Uh, Kamala. Kamala. So, yeah. Well, uh, there are a couple of articles that I was looking at that I thought were kind of interesting here that I want your perspective on. One is from David Brooks, who is the resident conservative opinion columnist at the New York Times. And a lot of conservatives would say he's not really particularly conservative because he's kind of a never-Trumper and he's... He's a lot more moderate than I think most of the Republicans are. Okay, none of that will affect my opinion. Okay, well, he wrote uh, an article called The Coming GOP Apocalypse. Ooh. 
And he claims... Catchy headline, Dave. Catchy headline. And he claims that the apocalypse is due to people like you. It's all your fault. Me? Yes. What did I do? You're young. And young people don't like the Republican Party. Well, yeah. Well, for instance... Okay, sorry, Dave. Well, so, so from... And even in the Democratic Party, young people are driving the Democratic Party to, to the left. Uh, according to uh, David Brooks, in one early New Hampshire poll, Joe Biden won 39% of the vote of those over 55, but just 22% of those under 35. And so the, the, the status quo, the old white dudes that you're talking about, don't seem to appeal to people like you. Uh, Joe Biden is such a... It's it's not the best example though. I feel because he has so much stuff tied to him already. Yeah, that's true. But in terms of the in terms of the ideological makeup of the millennial generation, uh, Pew Research says that fifty seven percent of millennials call themselves consistently liberal or mostly liberal. Only twelve percent call themselves consistently conservative or mostly conservative. What was this study? This is Pew Research. This is a of, polling. Of where? Oh, that's just a sample of, oh, okay. of, of voters. They didn't, they didn't go to like Berkeley and like ask people, right? No. Because that would, that would skew the results. Well, I'd have to go look at the methodology, but it seems very clear that the rising generation is liberal. And it's, it's a truism. I think it's a cliche, actually, and I don't know if it's necessarily true. But the idea is that you get more conservative as you get older. And Why? Because you have more money? Well, the the saying that I was always taught was, if you are young and you're not a liberal, you have no heart. And if you're old and you're not conservative, you have no brain. Well, that's stupid. Because the smarter you get, the more conservative you get. And people that aren't liberal are evil? They're No, just stupid. No, people that aren't liberal have no heart. That's right. So when they're, they're evil. young. Well, no, they're not. Well, it's all. It's all. I don't know that you can rely on this as an axiomatic principle of American politics. But that was the saying that I was always taught. But the fact is, that's not really happening. As people get older, they're not necessarily getting more yeah. more conservative. And um, Generation Z voters, which actually you're probably... Depending on the... I, I think I'm more Generation Z. I, also, I think it's so... I don't know. It's so dumb, all of the generation labels anyways. Right. But most of the things that you look up is like... Like, I'm on like the very beginning of Gen Z. I'm, I'm a little yeah. too young to be a millennial. Yeah, according to David Brooks, millennials are all to 1996 and you were born in 97. Yeah. Barely so, missed it. January of 97. Barely, barely missed barely it. Barely missed it. All right, so there are a lot of other problems for the Republican Party going forward. They don't necessarily have to do with age. There are other demographic issues that we're going to talk about when we get back from our break. I don't know if I've beaten this drum a whole lot on this podcast, but I used to say prior to the 2016 election that I never expected to see another Republican president in my lifetime. Have Why? I, be, I've never heard that. 
Okay, good. So I, I'm, Well, you were wrong. So I, Well, I was wrong to some degree in that Donald Trump is nominally a Republican. Uh, I don't think Donald Trump represents the Republican Party that I grew up with. He represents a movement that has pieces of that and also has pieces of nonsense that have been grafted into it. And a real smorgasbord. Real smorgasbord. I don't know if Donald Trump believes in anything. Donald Trump demonstrates He doesn't that, have any beliefs. He just says what people want to hear. Uh well, he says what Republicans to a large degree want to hear. The things that Donald Trump actually believes are wrong. <laughs> Donald Trump actually wrote to himself a note where he said trade is bad. And he believes that we shouldn't be trading with other countries. And that violates the free trade principles of the Republican Party I grew up with. Ronald Reagan would be rolling over in his grave if he knew the Republican Party was now a protectionist party. But that's beside the point. Um, I never understood that phrase. What? Where like, blank would be rolling over in his grave. So, so someone goes to the grave of the person in that we're talking about and somehow gets the message to them. And in this, in this particular situation, they're reanimated and lucid enough to understand what's being told, but they can't escape the grave because they're in the ground still. And they can't like express their frustration because no one can hear them. So all that they're reduced to is just rolling over angrily. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's exactly right. Weird. That is kind of odd. Yeah. It's not really a great phrase. So I retract it. I don't know that he would be rolling over in his grave. He'd be pounding on his coffin lid. Trying to get out. That's just creepy. All right. So I'm not even sure what we were talking about. Donald Trump, uh, yes, he is nominally a Republican. uh, And it's the free trade principles that make me think that he doesn't really have any idea what he's doing with regard to that. I saw an article today that showed that the average American save $900 from the Trump tax cuts and the average American is going to have to spend $4,000 more a year because of Trump's tariffs if they oh, all go into effect. Fun. I mean, this is not a guy that understands economics at all, which is bizarre because he's supposed to be the greatest businessman of all time. Except then his tax returns came out and he's a terrible businessman. That is correct. So That is absolutely correct. If he had taken all of the money that had been given to him by his father and just put it in an index fund, he would have uh, far more money. I don't know the exact amount. I should give you exact figure. He would have, he would have lot, more. Lots more. Lots more money than he has as a result of going bankrupt up, down, and sideways. But so when you look at that, uh, the, this has to do with why I thought I'd never see another Republican president. And it has to do with demographics. It has to do with the fact that the predictors of how people are going to vote uh, that determine people's voter preferences are not looking good for Republicans going forward. Republicans are old, Republicans are white, and Republicans are dying off. Your generation is rising up, and also we are seeing immigration, we are seeing a diversification in terms of ethnicities in the United States within 20 years. White people in the United States are predicted to be a minority. Well, that's cool. Well, not a minority. I mean, they're going to be the largest minority, but over 50% of the country will not be white. Yeah. There will be no one ethnicity that will outnumber whites. But when you look at that number, 
you can look at the 2012 presidential election and realize that Mitt Romney won a larger percentage of the white vote than Ronald Reagan did. But the white vote had shrunk to the point where that wasn't enough to carry him over the top. Well, I'm not shedding tears over any of these news. I understand that. I think that's all welcome change. So the demographic shifts in the country are such that it's going to be more and more difficult for a Republican to actually win an election. And I think the 2016 election was white people's last gasp. We finally got some guy that was going to come and address all of the grievances that white people seem to have, particularly in the Rust Belt, particularly when you get to the places where people are being laid off because we're not making cars as much as we used to. And Detroit is an apocalyptic nightmare. You know, it's like your Cleveland... uh, Honest Cleveland tourism video. Honest Cleveland tourism. Everyone should watch that. It's very funny. And their their tagline... At the end it goes, at least we're not Detroit. We're not Detroit. Yeah. And so you're seeing, I think in 2016, you're seeing the last gasp of white people who are aggrieved and angry at seeing themselves marginalized. I don't know. I hope that's all very interesting speculation. I don't know. But I I feel like in the future I I feel like the the the, the two party system I don't know. I think it's going to change a lot and it already has changed a lot, but well, it, the dynamics of presidential elections have changed an awful lot. Uh television advertising doesn't matter anymore. Right. Uh, it's, it's, you know, Donald Trump understood that more than anybody else. I haven't watched, the only time I ever watch TV ads is like at the gym or something. Well, nobody watches ads anymore. They do for sporting events. Yeah. Live events. You have to watch ads because something's happening in real time. Also YouTube keep, I like, I remember I kept getting like, I, I, I sometimes still get like Trump ads on YouTube and I always got like a bunch of Hillary Clinton ads. You're getting Trump ads now? Well, they're they're not like ads for Trump. They're they're really weird. They're like they're like take this quiz if you think Trump should be impeached. They're bizarre. Oh yeah, I've seen all those. Yeah, all those like dumb Google ads. Yeah, so, those are a big deal now. Well, that's true. But presidential campaigns have changed, and you're right. The two party system, I think, is also in its death throes. But that's another good issue riddance. That would be very nice. The United Utah Party would be very happy to hear that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, what I thought might be interesting. So I've given you the Trump candidate update. This is what Trump is doing. Trump is also texting me. I'm on his texting list and I keep getting things like Eric Trump texted me yesterday and said, be the first to sign my father's birthday card. You make it sound like Eric reached out to me personally. Eric reached out. Eric and I have a relationship. No, the only thing I know about Eric Trump is the Saturday Night Live parody of him that makes him look like a total moron. Where he's distracted by shiny things and is a total idiot. But uh, what I thought might be fun to do is I want to go through the list of people who are running for president. And first of all, see if you've actually heard of them or if you know anything about them. That does sound fun. Doesn't that sound like a good time? All right, we will do that as soon as we get back from our break. I've got the list in front of me, and this is everybody that is running for president in every party, okay, and and not in any party. 
so they list the the 13 Democrats and one Republican who are not running. I don't know why any of these people Wait, are listed. what? Well, for instance, they've got Hillary Clinton here. They've got Oprah Winfrey here. They've got Michael Bloomberg here. These are people that were speculated that they might run. Okay, they're, they're I, don't, not, I don't care about that. They're not running. Um, some guy named Ojeda or Ojeda dropped out. Okay. So unlikely to run Democrats are John Kerry, who ran in 2004, was yeah. the nominee in 2004. And some guy named Landrew, Mitch Landrew, mayor of New Orleans. And they're, they're people. I don't, I don't care about these people. Okay. So let's talk about people who, who might run. Uh, there's one Republican. John Kasich, do you know who he is? He, I've, yes. He is a senator? He is not. He is the governor of Ohio. Dang it. And he is the last Republican presidential candidate I voted for. I voted for him in the primary in 2016. Okay. And actually it was in the caucuses, in the GOP caucuses, and I voted for him right before is I left Is he still the party. governor? He is still governor oh, of Ohio. Okay. Good for him. Uh, there is, um, the guy we talked about briefly in one of our podcasts, Howard Schultz. These are people that are running? These are people who might run. Oh, okay. He's the former chief executive of Starbucks. Yeah. And he's kind of disappeared. Yeah, he there, talked a big game and then kind of Talked a big game and then went us. nowhere. And, uh, the third guy is, well, third woman, Stacey Abrams is talking about running. Oh, yeah. Do you I've know who of, she is? I've heard of her. She was the nominee for governor of Georgia in 2018. She's a former state legislator. Yeah, okay. African-American woman. Yeah. Uh, so she might run. Okay, but so that gets all of the maybes and the aren't goings out of the way. Uh, who is running? Let's start with the Republicans. Wait, Donald also, Trump. Also, I have a question. When is like the very last possible moment you can like say that you're running? Like people that are going to run... Um, have to like when is when do most people declare that they're going to run by? Most of them have probably declared already. So they at this at this point, if they have it, they're not going to probably. Most likely, uh, what what I mean, I think you're still you've still got plenty of time to get on the ballot. But the thing that precludes people from running is whether or not you can get on all of these primary ballots, and the dates and times and all that kind of stuff for that varies from state to so state. Confusing. It's very confusing. And I remember when Trump was winning the nomination in 2016, I had all of these people saying, well, Mitt Romney's going to step in. Mitt Romney's going to come in and run. And it's like, he can't. He can't get on the ballot. If you can't get on the ballot... He'll find a way. He'll find a way. He didn't find a way. Money talks. Yeah, it didn't work. So Donald Trump is not the only Republican who's going to be running. The other one is William Weld, who was Gary Johnson's... Uh, running mate in 2016. He's running, a, he's running as a Republican. He's running as a Republican. He's actually a very credible candidate. I had hoped in 2016 that he would have been the top of the ticket rather than Gary Johnson. Uh-huh. Uh, I think he probably had more national credibility than Gary Johnson did. I don't know. It's kind of sixes. But William Weld's the former governor of Massachusetts prior to Mitt Romney being governor of Massachusetts. Uh, he's a fairly left-wing Republican. Uh, he's going nowhere. Okay. There's absolutely, I think, any shot. There's no shot that he's going to upset uh, Donald Trump. There's only been one time when a president has tried to run for 
his party's nomination and hasn't gotten it. When was that? Uh, over a hundred years ago. Who, who Franklin will? Pierce. Oh, okay. Remember Franklin Pierce? You do, buddy. I don't remember yeah, I don't him. Know. Okay, so we are going to go alphabetically through the twenty-three Democrats. Oh my gosh! Okay, this is going to be fun. <laughs> You're not excited. Twenty-three. Come 23. on, guys. First one is Michael Bennett. You're not related to him because he only spells his name with one T, um, which makes me mad. I can't stand. There's a Michael Bennett who used to play on the Seahawks. There's a Michael Bennett that uh, I don't think it's the same person that used to act in Jackson Hole at my theater. He's a good guy. Lots of Michael Bennett's. Lots of Michael Bennett's. Do you know anything about Michael Bennett? He has the same name as all the aforementioned people. And that's all you know. And that is all I know. Uh, he is a senator from Colorado. He's considered to be moderate. I don't think he has a chance. Uh, going alphabetically, you have Joseph R. Biden Jr. You heard of him? Yeah, Joe Biden. Joe Biden is a Mr. Biden is ahead in all of the polls. In terms of a national poll of Democrats as to who they want, and all of those national polls are completely worthless because there's no national primary. But if you go state by state, Joe Biden is dominating state by state in all of these primary states, and he's dominating in general election polls. Oh, okay. There's a shock poll out that says that he's ahead of Trump in Texas, which is bizarre. He's certainly ahead of Trump in all of the states that in the Rust Belt that Trump won. So if Joe Biden were the nominee, given the political makeup of the world right now, he would trounce Donald Trump. Okay. I feel like I've heard that before, though. Yeah, yeah. And we all thought Donald Trump Deja vu. Deja vu. All right. So uh, next one, alphabetically, Cory Booker. Do you know who Um, he is? He's African-American. He is indeed. Uh, He tweets a lot of things. He does indeed, I yes. I don't know, that's it. 50 years old, a uh, senator from New Jersey. He's the one that during the Kavanaugh hearings said that he had his I am Spartacus moment because he was releasing classified information that had already been declassified before he released it. So oh, he, that's what that movie was about. Yes, yes. Oh. Well, yeah, I just saw the office again where Michael Scott says he's seen Spartacus five times and he still doesn't know who the real Spartacus is. Yeah. That's not how it works. All right, anyway, Steve Bullock. Do you know who he is? No. Governor of Montana. I don't know anything about the governor of Montana. And he so, probably likes Montana. Uh, that would be my guess. So we. So if you want a candidate that likes Montana, we are running. Sh- your guy. We're running short on time, and we're only in the B's. So I'm going to stop right here and take a break, and we'll come back and see if we can't expedite the rest of these candidates. Please. All right, so there's not a lot to say about uh, a lot of these people, but the next one is is fairly significant. He's in third place in all of the polls. Pete Pete, Bo- Pete Buttigieg. I really like him. I really like him too. Uh, I wonder how long he's going to be able to stay a viable candidate. I feel like he kind of replaced Beto as like the yeah. rising star of the Democratic Party. Yeah, there was a... He's cool. He's a veteran and he speaks like a zillion languages. He's and... a brilliant guy. He He's young. He's only 37 years old. So, yeah, he's someone to watch. You know, you know Beto O'Rourke, he... Uh, 
had a campaign event that was attended by 20 people. Yeah, he really fizzled. Week. He's really fizzled. I don't know what happened there. All right, so I'm just going to read names. Stop me if you've heard of any of them or do you want to talk about any of them. Julian Castro, former mayor of San Antonio, former housing secretary. Bill de Blasio, former New- he's the mayor of New York City. He's going nowhere. John Delaney, former congressman from Maryland. I'm not even going to say who the people are. Tulsi Gabbard. It's a cool name. Kirsten Gillibrand. She's a senator from New York. She's funny because she's running on the idea that she's a young mom. She's 52 years old. So I don't know why she thinks well, she's a young mom. Well, she can be a, a mom. She can, she she can, can be a mom, but she she's can... talking about like young children. She doesn't have any young children. Well, I'm how... 50 years old. I have no young children. Well, anyway. she ex- has experienced what it's like to have young children. Though. I suppose. But she keeps talking about herself as a young mom, which I think is kind of silly. Uh, Kamala Harris, uh, Senator from California, John Hickenlooper. You know, there was a lot of talk actually about John Hickenlooper running on a unity ticket with John Kasich. Kasich would be the president. Hickenlooper would be the vice president, a Republican and a Democrat. They're both kind of moderates. I would support that. That'd be cool. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Oh, And Hickenlooper's running for president as a Democrat and it's going to go nowhere. Jay Inslee, governor of Washington. Amy Klobuchar, am I pronouncing that correctly? Anyway, she's the senator from Minnesota, replaced... Miss Klobuchar, Alfred. tear down this wall. That's what I thought of. There is no Miss Klobuchar, tear down this wall. What are you... No, what? I was... It was It was like Mr. Gorbachev. Mr. Gorbachev, that's it. Because they kind of sound the same. Okay, I'm sorry, I, the joke didn't land. It wasn't even a joke. Just, uh, just keep going. Just all keep right, going. so Wayne Messam. He's an African-American mayor of Miramar, Florida, former college football champion, it says. I know nothing about him. Uh, Seth Moulton. He's only 40 years old. Congressman from Massachusetts. Iraq War veteran. Beto O'Rourke. He's going nowhere. Tim Ryan. Congressman from Ohio. Former congressional staffer, it says. Okay. I was a former congressional staffer. Am I qualified to run for president? I don't think there are any qualifications anymore besides the whole age and s- And that's it. Thing. That's it. Bernie Sanders. Oh, Bernie. Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. So you were a big fan of Bernie Sanders. Not like... I, I think it's exciting how he can get people so passionate about things he's talking about. But then when you like when it comes down to it, he doesn't really have any substantial plans or anything for all of his grand ideas. Well, so, I don't know. Your generation is the one that likes this guy. He's getting all of, support, of his support from young people, even though he's 77 years old. I know. It is, I don't know. He's just this cute old grandpa guy who yells. Well. It's fun. Eric Swalwell. I don't Lots know. of weird last names. Yes. Hickenlooper, Swalwell. Congressman from California is all it says. 38 years old. Elizabeth Warren, 69 years old. Senator Liz. from Massachusetts. Oh, Liz. You know, there's actually some indication that she's she's rising. Yeah. A little bit. I've liked the, the little bit of stuff I've seen from her besides the whole like Pocahontas disaster. That was a huge disaster. But... But it just—it does kind of make me mad, though, how that blew up in her face, and Donald Trump got no repercussions from it. Like Donald Trump calls people names all the time. He's had a zillion worse scandals than of that. Of course he has. And it and everything just slides right off of him. The difference is we don't expect Donald Trump to behave like a civilized human being. We expect other people to. We don't expect Donald Trump to. Marianne Williamson, sixty-six years old, 
and her only credential here is self-help author, new age lecturer. Nah, not a yeah. huge fan of that. Yeah, I don't know that she's going anywhere. Andrew Yang, 44 years old, former tech executive who founded an economic development nonprofit. Okay. Uh, he's Asian. Um, and he, apparently he's running on the idea of universal income. What does that mean? means that he, the government establishes an income that everybody gets, what? whether they work or not. Wait, what? Funded by the government. Basic universal income. So like communism? Uh, well, yes, not to put too fine a point on it, but yeah, I think that's oh, true. Okay. Oh, and that's the list of all the Republicans, or, I'm sorry, of all the Democrats. So we get down to Andrew Yang and we've got everybody. That's so many. So based on all of that, if you could pick any one of those people, what would you do? If I could pick or who do I think is going to? Who do you think? Joe Biden. Okay. But who would I you? I feel like the top, top contenders for Democrats would be like Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Maybe Pete. I would like Pete. All right. I've got the actual numbers. According to the Real Clear Politic poll averages, uh, in national polls, Joe Biden is at 33%. Uh, Bernie Sanders is at 16.7%. Elizabeth Warren is in third at 8.2%. Uh, Kamala Harris is in fourth, 7.8%. And then you get Pete Buttigieg at 6.8%. percent mm. So really, after you get past Biden and Sanders, you're dealing in just single digits. Yeah. And then it, it drops significantly from Buttigieg to O'Rourke. Buttigieg is at 6.8. O'Rourke is at 3.8. And if you start looking at Iowa and New Hampshire, uh, actually, Buttigieg is in third place in both of those states. Huh. So you know, the national poll doesn't mean anything. If Buttigieg does well in Iowa or New Hampshire, he can carry that momentum to a solid third place so finish. Weird. Yeah. I mean, it's still way too early and all of that kind of thing. But you look at all of these people and you look at where the country is and we just don't have any idea. Yeah. If the economy's in good shape, then I think Trump has got a really good shot at reelection. Yeah. If the economy is not in good shape, and that's a very real possibility considering all of these tariffs that Trump is dumping onto the economy and all of these things Republicans used, used to hate. It's anybody's ball game at this point. Yeah. So that is our assessment. And if you are it's listening to It's going to be the, a fun year and a half or that, so. That's absolutely right. No, it's not. It's going to be uh, Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Uh, until next week, this is Jim Bennett. I'm Abby Bennett. And we'll see you next time on Dinner Table Politics. Bye.